Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hi, guys. How are you all doing? Hi, Katie. Hello, Lisa. How are you feeling? <laughs> okay, guys. So I this time I'm responsible for the long lapse between episodes. It's usually Lisa's fault. But in this case, I have been in and out of the hospital with a massive kidney infection. Yikes. Fun. Yeah, it's been really, really heinous. And I, I think I have a fever at this moment. So um, I may be a little wonkier than usual. But yeah, I just have this really bad kidney infection. And they it just isn't responding well to antibiotics. And I've had like IV antibiotics and oral antibiotics and all this crap and um, CT scan and it's just like a really, really, really bad kidney infection that's knocked me out completely for quite some time now. So I'm totally on the mend. Don't worry. I know you're all like white knuckled in fear that you're not going to hear my sage commentary on the dumpster fire that is 90 Day Fiance, but I mustered the energy to record today. I'm actually very excited. This is sort of the light at the end of the tunnel for me. And I'm happy to be here. Well, alive. We're happy that you're here, alive. Mm-hmm. Um. So, sorry, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing here. We're doing today. We're doing before the ninety days. Um, there's a new season of. Well, no, I guess there's no cur- There's no actual ninety day really on the horizon, but there's before the 90 days, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then there's 90 day fiance the other way, which we haven't really been covering. Um, and we will definitely get to it if we can, but at this point it's so far into that season. I'm kind of thinking that we're not going to get to it. No. And I Um, hear love after lockup is supposed to be coming back. Love after lockup is coming back and it's already got buzz. Like people are saying this season's very good. So so I think that we'll cover cover that. that. Definitely let us know on our Facebook page. Um, if you really don't want us to cover love after lockup, because otherwise I think we probably will. But this season of before the 90 days has been really fun yeah, so far. So I think, um, we're going to cover the first, well, we're going to cover them up to, I think pretty current, however yeah, current Yeah, basically current. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to cover all the couples from the beginning and tell you what's going on with all of them and kind of recap a little bit about each couple. Well, frankly, too, thus far, there hasn't been that much action. No, there hasn't. It's just basically laying the groundwork yeah. who these people are. So first we meet Rebecca, who is 47 from Georgia. She's sweet. She's very sweet. She's got grown children and I think grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a PI, a private investigator. I don't think she has grandchildren. I think you're thinking of the other one who is kind of around that age. The one, no, maybe she's from before the 90 days. The one who goes to Qatar in before the 90 days has grandchildren. I don't think Rebecca has grandchildren. She might, though. She might. I don't remember. It's not an important point. Sorry. Anyway, then there's, um, she is dating Ziad, 
who is from Tunisia, and he's 26. And she had... This is not a new road for her. She was previously married to um, Azan 2.0. Yeah, we don't even know his name. <laughs> but he's from Morocco. Yeah, he's from Morocco. And she's kind of 47, but of the desperate, naive variety. She's very pretty. Um, she is She seems pretty. to have low self-esteem a la Darcy, but not to that extent. No, she definitely has low self-esteem. Um, she wasn't really thinking through the whole, like, sending him pictures of her and video chats heavily doctored. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking with that. I mean, I especially because, you know, normally people do that on Tinder or whatever all the time. Right. But the stakes are so much lower because then if and when you ultimately meet them, which in theory is the goal of you making yourself look better than you really look in real life... You know, you've only gone to a bar across town or something right. to you be rejected. Flown across the world. But now you're going to go across the world and, you know, possibly have a very real possibility of being rejected, either for the actual disparity in appearance or just the dishonesty of it. Yeah, it's... it's I don't understand, like, the end game. It's almost like a reverse catfish. It is, and it's really odd. So she's not... She's crazy, I think. She's got I don't this, think she's crazy. I just think she's she's got low self-esteem. I think she's got low self-esteem and a, she reeks of desperation. She's definitely desperate. I mean, she's not even divorced yet from this Moroccan guy. So the Moroccan guy that she was with, he clearly was much younger. And her current beau, Zied, is also much younger. But I get the impression that the Moroccan guy was even further out of her league. They blur out his face in the pictures, but he looks young, very fit. Zied is a butterball. I mean, I, I actually really like him. And you know I love Middle Eastern men. I'm married to one. Right. Um, but Zied is like a real butterball and a little bit more in her league, except for the fact that he is also like 20 years younger. But the Moroccan guy, I think she thinks that she learned a lesson there in the sense that the Moroccan guy came over here, immediately became very controlling, and cheated on her. So, And, and in that regard, by the way, I get the impression that that was not so much oh, we need to make a generalization about Middle Eastern men or right. being controlling. I think it was just the classic, oh, I'm cheating on you, so I now have a complex about you cheating on me, so I'm going to be, you know... The one that's The one that's controlling. Hiding. I think it's a very common thing across cultures. But So I think she's like, oh, okay, I married this like young buck, and that was like going too far, so now I'm going to like bring it back just a little bit and date someone who's still way too young for me and from a very similar part of the world, but, you know, is a little bit more in my league. And that, her, that's what I, that's the impression I get. But she's still not technically divorced from the Moroccan She's guy, not technically divorced. Which is crazy. Although, I guess so, but, you know, it's really funny because, like, I, you know, you hear on these housewife shows all the time, right? Just, oh, she's dating a guy and he's not technically divorced yet, so he's still married. Well, I started dating my husband when he was technically married. Yeah. I mean, he was... But it, it was a much longer separation. And she's only been separated for like a year, right? No, I know. But like, I mean, my husband hadn't finalized, didn't finalize the divorce papers. They didn't sign everything until like we'd been dating for at least six months. But he wasn't in a wildly inappropriate marriage. No, I know. I know. But even in the other ones where it's not wildly inappropriate, it totally makes sense. But people are harp are They hang on to this like... Oh, but they're not legally divorced yeah, yet. But yeah. I'm as somebody who does divorce for a living. Yeah, it's a distinction without it, a difference. It takes so long sometimes to yeah. get divorced and to I get a you. settlement that like there's still I mean, I don't think my husband was cheating on anybody and neither does she, quite frankly. She had her living boyfriend with her when they divorced. But still, it's like but I get like for her, I don't think she's even seen the, her ex husband. 
No, I think he's in the wind. I think he's totally in the wind. So I, I don't really think, even though she's not legally divorced, I don't think it's like um. No, I have to stop you there because I think that in this particular case, it matters. She's been dragging her feet on filing. But why? She makes it because she's not over it. That's that's my point. Mm. It's it's not. I'm not saying like, oh, it's in the court's hands and they're taking forever, and so that's weird. Not at all. I'm saying this is a situation where she admitted. It, my recollection is she mm-hmm. admitted. Yeah, you know, he signed a long time ago, and I just haven't, you know, filed it. Yeah, and to weird. me, like that's an emotional. That attachment. is, and that's weird that that's she's so attached. No, I agree with you. Then I just think it's so weird that she's so into Zied. He's cute. Yeah, but. Like, so into him, but not pulling the trigger on her ex. Right. So I think that's a classic rebound situation. Yeah. Where you want to be into the next guy. I just, with these, with their, like, these people that meet somebody and then they go overseas, especially to a country where they don't, you know, the, the language barrier is so thick. It, I just, it, I fail to see the connection. Um, I Except mean- for, besides just purely physical. Yeah, it's hard to say with these two what the connection is. Sometimes it's more clear. Um, in this case, I don't really know what they have in common or what they must talk about yeah. or anything. So I agree with you. It might be more physically based than anything else. And he speaks okay English, but it's not great. It's fine. It's just it's so weird. It just And then also, so, she fl- so she's flying to Tunisia. She's nerving, nervous about him not accepting her. The way she really is because she's been sending all these filtered pictures. I'm assuming she sent a couple that aren't filtered. I, mean, I don't I would, think so. God, that's so, so weird. And she even does, she has this whole fancy apparatus for when they video chat to airbrush herself. So you, I don't think that she's It's been, so bizarre. Like, you you know you're going to go meet him, right, in person? Again, I think it's a sort of a catfish style thing where you think, okay, I can like reel them in with this, you know, altered physical version of myself mm-hmm. with my emotional mental connection you know i think that's how most catfishes work because at the end of the day they have to come clean and the the idea is that at that point you're so connected to them in other ways that you let it go i guess for this i feel like are they connected exactly i agree that's the fly in you i'm in here but so she gets there and it's so embarrassing he has one of the filtered pictures on his t-shirt and it's just like, as they're walking together, it's like, oh, cringeworthy because, I mean, she's beautiful naturally without the filters. She's beautiful. hundred percent. But next to this like filtered, it's almost like cartoonish character on his shirt. It's just so... Ew. Well, the contrast is rough because once yeah. you have like the picture she's been sending next to her as she actually is, um, the contrast is striking. It's bizarre. I don't know. The whole thing is bizarre. And, um, (laughs) he just looks, they look ridiculous with that stupid shirt. And she's pissed about the fact that, so she gets there and she realizes that Zied came to the airport to pick her up in a cab. So he doesn't have a car. So I can shed some light on this. Okay. Cause you've, I've been to the Middle East. Now I wasn't in Tunisia. I was in Lebanon, but the Middle East is, you know, relatively similar, similar in this regard with cars. So... Normally, in my opinion, if you're going to go to a Middle Eastern country and you have any means at all, you if you needed a car, which you really don't in most 
like metro areas, everybody just takes a taxi everywhere. The taxis are absolutely chock-a-block and they cost nothing. Mm -hmm. So you would just take a cab literally everywhere. The next step up from that, if you were a little like wealthier and fancier, is you would literally hire a driver Mm -hmm. for the entire duration of your stay for nothing. I mean like ducats. This Mm -hmm. costs barely anything. And then they have their own car. I've never heard of somebody actually renting a car. I mean, when I went to Lebanon, we did not rent a car. Like, we had a driver, and it, or we used cabs, and it cost next to nothing. I can't imagine the cost, and the cost of renting a car would be astronomical there. Right. Like, is, way more than it is here. Which so, she says, because she basically rents a car. I don't understand that. I don't, and and again, this could be a Tunisia specific thing, but I seriously doubt it. Well, it could also be, I mean, it could be a combination of things. It could be an American thing. She has no, she clearly didn't do any research. No, but he told her to rent a car. That's the problem. He should have known better. Yeah. He should have known the most cost effective way to do this. And I cannot imagine why he thought that was going to be renting a car. I don't, I don't understand it. Well, especially, and then to put her in a position where she's got to drive. Which is insane. I mean, my husband, who is the best driver I know, refuses to drive in Lebanon because there are no rules. I mean, the freaking stoplights are treated as suggestions and not even particularly persuasive ones. I mean, there is absolutely no rule of the road. Yeah. Everyone just goes when they can. And it's insanity. So I just can't imagine why, especially if they're just going to be holed up at this hotel the whole time. Like, why don't you just use cabs? Yeah, so that was... Very strange. I bet you that was a producer thing. It It is so strange to me as someone with a decent amount of knowledge on this that I think it's fake. Yeah, it was weird. Um, She just seems very naive for a 47-year-old woman. And for a freaking PI who's probably seen it all. I mean, my God. You would have thought she would have done a little bit more investigatory work. I think it's one of those those who can't do teach things. Like psychologists are sometimes like the craziest people because they they can't see what their own... Sort yeah, of situation is they can just see it in other people. You know that's true. I mean, I think it's funny because I think of this repeatedly in my own like marriage. I think about the people that are getting divorced, and you always have one person who has no clue about the finances. Yeah, and no access, no clue. They don't know anything. They don't even know where their money is or how much money they have. That's me. But then I look at myself, and I am an attorney, and I'm a family law attorney. And my husband handles 100% of the finances. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that. And it's by choice. Like, I chose for him to do that because I don't want to deal with it. Me neither. But, I mean, I, could, I know how to, I have access to everything, but like, I just, I'd rather not deal with it. And so, it's one of those things where I know from like, doing this, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they have no idea. But at the same time, like, I have no idea. That's funny. I like that. That's really good that you're so self-aware. I I know that I don't have, but I... Most people are not that self-aware, and that's my point. And it's true. And my husband also has made it very um, transparent to me about what I need to do if something ever happened to him. Yeah, same. So that I could get the access, and I would know who to call, and we have now everything in one spot, so it'd be a lot easier. But still, it's like... I know, I know how I could get it. I just choose not to. <laughs> and I think that's like her. She just, yeah. you know, she knows how to sniff out something fishy for somebody and it's else. It's probably like a self-protection thing. Yeah, she doesn't want to know. Yeah, I think you're right. She doesn't. Um, do you have more on them? Because I didn't no. see the second part of I really the... don't. It's not... We, we'll get into it next time. Like, okay. But we can suffice it to say that she gets to Tunisia and rents a car. Okay. 
So then the next couple that I have on my list is Caesar and Maria. Oh. Now this one is tough. This is the classic. This is the classic. It is the classic days. and it's so tough. Okay, so Caesar's 46 and he lives in North Carolina and he's a nail tech. I love that. And he's so awesome. Like he's, he's awesome. so like friendly and you can tell everybody loves him. Hashtag Hail Caesar. Totally Hail Caesar. Like he's just such a great guy. Um but he's met this woman, Maria, who's from the Ukraine, and she's 28 years old and looks like a blonde model-ish. Um, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but she's very, you know, and I don't want to be um, culturally insensitive, but she looks like kind of a, like a, like a classic Ukrainian. Like, she looks like yeah. what I picture a pretty... Ukrainian girl and again I don't know if that's like an appropriate thing to say or not no but, but she is she's very she's pretty which is a beautiful 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 culture and, right you know and she's gorgeous but she looks kind of like a Ukrainian Barbie yes put it that way very much so and um he sends her $800 a month which is insane considering he doesn't make a he ton has of money. no money that would be insane for me like I would think so long and hard about taking on any obligation that required $800, $800 a month. month. Like, for, for me, sure. holy shit. That's crazy. That's so, like people's mortgages. Uh, yeah, over the course of five years, he's given her $40,000. And his boss, but that's the problem, though. Like, everybody loves him. They all want to help him out. They all want to see him happy. Yeah. They all know this is a total fraud. But they want to to believe that it could happen for him. I think they should be much tougher on him. They being. should be, but they love him and they don't want to hurt his feelings. And yeah, but he's going to be hurt so much more. So he decides that he wants to meet her. Yeah. And for the third time, she's, she's like she's failed, failed on to him show up every time. And so he decides he wants to go to Mexico, but no, he wants to go to Ukraine. And she says, oh, no, right. it's this is too the cold. I'm wrong. No, no, you're you're on the right thing. Oh, I am on the right. She's thing. the original original plan. Right, was for him, was to, go for to, him to go to Ukraine, and she's like, "No, it's too cold here. Right. I'll meet you in Mexico." So then he decides, "Okay, fine, we'll go to Mexico." But he needs to get enough money to pay for her ticket to Mexico and his own pick, ticket to Mexico and a hotel room in Mexico. So he goes to his boss and he asks for like for him to front him some more money, and his boss wants to say no, but he's like a sucker for Caesar as I can imagine all of us would be <laughs> and gives him more money and so he gives him the money so he can do this and Caesar's grateful and he calls um, Maria to let her know that hey you can we I got the money and I've sent you the money so you can book your ticket to Mexico and she comes out with this like ridiculous like oh it's super, I can't leave the country there's this thing with the Ukraine and Russia it's all over the news and blah 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 I can't leave the country and he's like what the fuck you can't even book your ticket like why can't you leave I don't understand so he's totally getting played and we find out later that he totally calls her out because he go he actually googles it and looks it up and realizes there is no drama and she can easily leave the country. So he calls her. He's like, hey, I looked it up. You're fine. You can totally leave. So go ahead and book your ticket. Which, by the way, the fact that she wanted him to send her money, you know, via Western Union so she could buy her ticket instead of him just buying her ticket was 
so, was so ridiculous because my understanding of Western Union is that it costs a decent amount of money to even use their service. Mm, so it depends. I think it. I mean, I've used Western Union. Like, why would they do that for money. free? Yeah, but it's 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 nominal. Really, like, I've sent money to my cousin before, and it's oh, nominal. Okay. I always assumed it was on like one of those early paycheck cashing places where they took like a huge chunk. No, they don't take a huge chunk. It's, All right, fair it's enough. Pretty nominal. But it still but doesn't still, make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense for him not to just buy her ticket so they yeah, can. It's more you know, efficient, and that way he can knows when she's coming in to Mexico, and he can coordinate. It's weird that he didn't do that. It's weird that she insisted he sent her the money. So now she has the money. She got the money, claimed she couldn't leave the country because of some made-up drama. He goes and looks. There's no drama. She still hasn't bought her ticket. In the meantime, he goes with his friend to go buy an engagement ring. And it's just so sad because the people at the jewelry store know that this is probably not going to work out. But they were very kind to him. They were very kind to him. And they weren't being mercenary. No, they weren't. They were they were kind. It was just it's just sad because he's such a nice guy. Everybody, I feel like everybody wants to root for him, but they all know like this is just not going to go. They anywhere. all know how it's going to end, you know. So um, he go, he buys his ticket, um, and his friend comes over, and she still hasn't bought her ticket, but he already gave her the money, and he's still planning on going and proposing to her. Right. Which seems insane. But, you know, I think Caesar knows that it's not going to happen. You really. think so? Yeah, I mean, not, not, obviously it's like semi-buried, but I don't think it's too deeply buried in his mind. I think that he's enjoying the last dregs of this fantasy that's been going on for five years. That's a and long And that has sucked time. up all of his money and all of his savings. I mean, it's interesting that TLC kind of found him now, and I would be interested to know the like provenance of him being chosen for the show like whether they knew about him mm-hmm. a long time ago but only now because I, I think it's interesting that they've caught him in what is clearly the denouement of his yeah. story like clearly the shit's gonna crash and burn she's not gonna show up to Mexico and that's gonna be that but like how did they know <laughs> to start here here which is the most we didn't want to follow this guy for five years right I'm sure it would have mm-hmm. been not interesting at all just like the classic, you know, catfish story or whatever. It's so sad. It just makes me so, like, he's just so desperate to try and make something work. You know, though, I have to say, I think with people like Caesar who are so endearing, and we've seen this so many times on this show, you lose sight of the fact that these guys are so shallow. Because right. no, clearly the only thing that is really keeping him on the hook is how she looks. Because she Mm -hmm. treats him like shit. Right. So this is not someone who's like a very skilled... She's not someone who's a very skilled manipulator in the way that you see in some of the other couples where the person in the other country is probably reasonably good-looking but is even better at actually forging the relationship. Mm -hmm. In this case, it is just... In my opinion, it seems like it's just completely based on looks which oh, is yeah. his bad it's the cult larissa thing it's totally the cult larissa thing and it's like okay well you kind of get what you pay for yeah i agree no you're right you're right you're totally right like i think he's a great guy but like he could find a great girl in I north carolina yeah but she's probably not gonna look like maria i think that's the problem yeah and we lose sight of that no it's true you're right we totally do lose sight of that because he is super shallow he's you know following his pecker to greener pastures and mm-hmm. it's not well, gonna work out so he thinks yeah that's all i have on them yeah. 
I don't okay. know if anything else happened. But now we go to, I actually like this couple. And I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them. Avery and Omar. Now, Avery's the 19-year-old oh, from Columbus, Ohio. No. And Omar's the 24-year-old from Syria. I'm rooting for them because I really genuinely feel they have a connection. Okay. And in that, that, that might be it. And that's possible. I think she's also going through something. She's a flake. Well, yeah, because she, she can, she's very She's a chameleon. Young. She's very young, and she is has, has no sense of self, mm-hmm. and so she just follows along with whatever crowd happens to sweep her up. So one yeah, she's day a chameleon. she's a slutty cheerleader, and the next day she's a devout hijab-wearing Muslim, and I have no... And of course, she's 19, so I'm not like blaming her. I'm no, not no, criticizing her. No, 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 she's her. super immature I'm just and saying, young. It's a hopeless situation, the idea that she is going to maintain this religious... You know, and and again, this religious commitment is ridiculous. And then the other thing is, she is clearly conflating Muslim and Arab culture, which are not the same thing, (laughs) because there are non-Muslim Arabs, of course, and understanding, quote unquote, the ten. And I doubt she does. After six months, Mm -hmm. the tenets of the Muslim religion does not give you some kind of like perfect. Vi- you know, inside view of what it's like to live in the Middle East or be in a Middle Eastern family, which I am, so mm-hmm. I get it because it's been 10 years of me being entrenched in a Lebanese family and ha- that, it, that is half Muslim, half Christian, by the way, my family. There is, she is completely, she is going to be in for such a shock. And that's the thing that really upsets me about mm-hmm. them because she just does not know what she's getting into. And even the thing that she thinks she's getting into, she's woefully unprepared for. Yeah. And yeah. undercommitted to. And then him I have a problem with because when she met him on the Muslim dating app, mm-hmm. it appears from what she said that he claimed he was in the United States. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And that's fucked up. Yeah. To be in Syria and I feel so incredibly sorry for the people of Syria. I want to make that very, very clear. They are in a terrible plight and it's perfectly reasonable for somebody to want to get out of Syria. Oh, for sure. But I think that's what he's doing. And to do it with dishonesty and take advantage of this young girl, if that's what he's doing, which it's possible he's not, it's possible he just mismanaged the settings on his app or whatever and didn't intend to portray himself as someone and maybe America. and maybe that's true and but you know what i have to say though this particular 19 year old even though she's like this chameleon and fits she's also bullheaded yeah stubborn and he picked sort of quote-unquote the wrong girl to sort of fuck with but at the same time, the right girl. You know what I mean? Like, Well, because she's going to go so hard right. in the direction that she's in. Whatever direction she's right. in. She's but like as soon as he makes train. a wrong move, oh, he is she's going to go down on it, Like, go off on him. 100%. So I feel like she's the best equipped to deal with whatever he's going to throw at Yeah, her. if like there ends up being fallout, she's just going to cut and run. But the problem is, if by the time that happens, she's in Syria, she right. might actually have a problem. Yeah, she might not be able to get out of there. I would not go. To Syria. When I went to Lebanon, you know, it used to be that when my husband would go to Lebanon with his parents, they would go to Syria to look at the sites because it was, it was, and hopefully will one day again be an absolutely beautiful country with incredible historical. What they've shown of it is so 
just devastating. It is absolutely devastating. And my husband used to just go visit as a tourist. But of course, when we went to Lebanon last April, there was no chance we were going to go to Syria. Mm. And that's Lebanese people saying we're not going to cross one border over mm -hmm. to go to Syria to look at it because it is that dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like pretend that I'm a real authority on this because I'm absolutely not. But no. I can say what happened to me. And right, because you've happened. been there. You've been there. And been you're part of this yeah. family. And we were told you can't go. It is just not safe. So Avery's got a lot of issues. She's just, she's like I said, she doesn't know who she is. Right. After a month, they got engaged. Although... I feel like her mom's got a lot of issues, too. Her mom is probably... If, if I were her mom, I would I believe, and I could be wrong because I'm not actually in the situation, I believe that I would be much, much more um, intense about trying to stop her. But her mom is also very young. Yeah. And she has a lot of kids. Five kids. Yeah. And the, the youngest one is like a baby. You know, yeah. and she's got this new husband. And so, like, I mean, her mom's got a lot on her plate. Yeah, I'm not criticizing her. No, 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 I'm no. Not. I understand that. But I, I agree with you. I mean, of course, if my kid tried to say she was going to go to meet some Syrian guy in Lebanon, I'd be like, I, and say she was engaged after a month and all of a sudden turned, like, Muslim after six months. I'd be like, what is going on with you right now? Well, I'm sorry, but the whole thing is very ISIS bride. Oh, for sure. And that's exactly what the mom says to her, too. Like, this has happened so many times. I would be concerned. Um, I'd be less concerned if this happened with my younger child than my older child. But, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, my younger enough. child has is kind of Avery-like. Like, I could see her being, like, this stubborn... June could totally fight her way out of Syria. Of course. Yeah. Olivia, with her bare hands. not so much. Yeah. So I'd be a little more concerned. But, yeah, her mom decided that if you're going to go to Lebanon to meet this, your fiancé... And get married. I'm going. Well, which is kind of a good. I and I well, appreciate that. It's the least she could do. But I will say the the timeline is very sketchy too because at the time that they're like boarding the plane or whatever to go to Beirut, they note that she's only been a Muslim for six months. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, but she meets this guy on a Muslim dating app, and then a month later they're engaged, and then it's gotta have been at least at least a month, if not two or three months since then that she's going to Lebanon. So we're talking about what her becoming a Muslim and then immediately downloading this app. Yeah. I don't know. It's very odd. Um, and I think she's wearing the hijab for him. I don't think that her like initial conversion, cause not all Muslim women wear a hijab. No, but it could just be like part of her thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to adopt this, this religion and I'm going to adopt. It could be, but I don't think it. it, I don't think it was. I think he, pressured her well, into wearing the hijab because he mentions it and this was a fun one so when they go to lebanon they do that like i don't know if i like this or not i probably do they do like the 24 hours earlier thing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. where they go back to the the, the foreigner basically yeah. being preparing for the visit and it was so funny because when they showed that hotel that they were going to stay at in lebanon this is not just in beirut it's in what's known as ras beirut which is the western side which is muslim mm. it's in humna which is a neighborhood which is also muslim and my father-in-law's apartment where we stayed in lebanon is literally three blocks from this hotel oh my god that's so i recognized it yeah oh i'm sure i was just there i was gonna ask you all about that because i was it like was insane i kept rewinding it and then i pulled it up on google maps i was like yes that's it well 
Oh, God, maybe you guys were there at the same time. We could have been there at the same time. It's always hard to tell. When they film. Unless it's like a holiday or something. Sometimes you can tell, like, oh, okay, it's Christmas. But in this case, you couldn't tell. But I understand why they met in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. But again, that also militates towards what I was saying, which is you don't go to Syria. Right. If she could really just go to Syria, wouldn't they have met there? You know? Yeah. So at one point, she goes to visit a really good friend of hers, like her best friend. And her best friend's family is Christian. And her dad's like the, a minister. Oh, yeah. He seems sweet. He, they all seem very sweet. And yeah. they're all very concerned about her. The and friend they, seemed jealous. Well, I think the friend's a little jealous of her finding someone, but not necessarily of the whole... Oh, totally agree. The whole, yeah. like, thing. Shtick. But, you know, they visit. And she tells them for the first... She told that... And it's the first time we learn about it. Her plan on marrying him in Lebanon, but then they're going to move to Syria together. And they're very concerned. And, you know, she hasn't told her family yet that that's her plan. Exactly. And so it's... Because she knows they will, that's where her mom will draw the line. As she should. Yeah, as she should. Um, I, I'm worried for her. Like, as a person in the world, I'm concerned. I, I'm probably going to start Googling this girl pretty soon to make sure she's, like, okay. Yeah, I know. And then she goes to meet with her friends to, you know, to practice. She used to be a gymnast. That was fun, seeing them do their gymnastics. Yeah. That was a fun and one. And then they're talking, and the girls are like, dude, this, she used to be a, she's a, re, a retired bad girl. Yeah. Like, basically. And they're, they're saying like, that she was... I think they're implying that she was relatively promiscuous. Oh, for sure. Which is fine. No judgment at all. But no judgment, it's not but in line with her She was like this while, and then and now all of a sudden she's like Muslim. It's like this crazy and... And she can't even kiss her husband, who himself has never kissed anyone or had anything. Right. And, I mean, that's that's a rough one for, like, a Muslim man, I think, to, to accept. To accept that. That's, yeah. like, crazy. So, they go to the... So, now she's going to the airport with her mom. And she's kind of frazzled, and she lost her phone. And her mom's like, you're not getting on the plane without a phone. Which I totally get. Like, I can imagine... Because the mom's going to leave is the problem. Right. And so she's not going to leave her there without a phone. She can get a phone in Lebanon, though. And it's probably better for her to get a phone there, so she can... It probably is, yeah. Whatever. But still, it's, like, weird. Um, But every stubborn, and so she goes. And um, where do they land before they head to... Lebanon. Turkey. Turkey, that's what I thought. Okay, so they land in Turkey, and then they head to Beirut. They've lost their luggage when See, they get that sucks. to I Beirut. Mean... That really sucks. That happened to me one time when I was, when we went to Portugal. As I remember, I think I was yeah, a, 11, and my sister was 6 or something. And they lost our luggage, and it went to Germany. And we had to wait a week, and I remember my Oh my sister, god. I know. Well, because we lived in a really... My aunts live in a really, really small, not-on-the-map oh. place. So to get it there took a long time, and it was just like... It's such a pain in the ass. So I totally get it. Um, but that sucks that that happened to them. And But Omar seemed... So this is just the beginning of him, so this is what I'm getting. He seems very sweet and very smitten. He does. And they seem very sweet together. He could totally be legit. I'm not I'm not trying to say that he's like definitely a con artist. I'm just saying I wish that that one fact wasn't there because mm-hmm. it's the only thing that actually makes me suspicious of him. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not suspicious of him other than anyone in Syria mm-hmm. I could see wanting to get out for very legitimate reasons and wanting to come here. Although I'll point out I don't think that his dentistry um, sort of training would be worth anything at all here. I think he'd have to start completely over. Which oh, would be for sure. tough. It's like the only thing that maybe would... 
I would think would give him pause. Other than uh, that's a his lot of people. And, I mean, a lot of people of course, are like yeah. super. That, I mean, we see that with Indian people who come here and yeah. um, even African culture. And when they come here, when African American or Africans come here, you know, they were like super elite. educated and elite and had these really, you know, big jobs. And then they come here and they're like, Uber drivers. Uber drivers or yeah. something. And it's devastating. They're disrespect... Or Palestinians, you know, you see they have these little store mini-marts or whatever. And people totally are so condescending about it, but they don't realize these are very intelligent people. They're not idiots. They 100%. were very skilled and very educated in their homeland. That's the problem with xenophobia. It is extremely awful. So there's the them. World. And, you know, I hear you, and I, I totally agree with you in the extent that I, to the extent that I want to root for them. I know, And I can I see them both being, like, good, genuine people, but I think there's absolutely no chance that this is going to work out. There are too many things that are, that are, that they're up against, and I think the biggest problem is Avery not being mature enough or stable enough. I think for For such a commitment. Probably right. Like, maybe if she really fell deeply in love with some guy in her hometown, she could make that work for a while. But because there are so many very real, intense obstacles in this relationship, and she is such a flake, yeah, I just don't see her, like, you know... It's not, it's not going to last. I mean, this true. is all very exciting and new and shiny and but as exotic. soon as she, it's exotic, exotic but as soon as she gets into it and they get into <laughs> daily life it's gonna be a very different life for her daily life in syria yeah yeah <laughs> but even daily life if even if they stayed in lebanon or something like you know what i mean i think yeah. daily life for her would or beirut it, anywhere in the middle east i think it's would be so a very different. different life especially because she doesn't really know him and again like the stuff about men and the, the Muslim men and the rules are very real. I mean, the the law, the Sharia law, which is in effect in Lebanon and in effect in Syria, mm-hmm. it gives men all the rights, you know, she would have no power and she'd be cut off from her family because normally in the Middle East, you have the woman still has her family reasonably nearby. So there's some protection for her in theory and that doesn't always happen obviously but in her case like she'd be so isolated she also has no idea what's going on she would be completely under his thumb so she doesn't even know his family and she doesn't know his family so if unfortunately he wasn't a great guy or his family was bad or even if just his father was a bad guy she would be fucked yeah well i mean theoretically he knows that she's not a virgin I think he knows that, yeah. But does his family know? And exactly. will they find out? And then exactly. will they lose their minds? And family has a lot of influence over there. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. I'm, I hope for the best for her. And again, I want to have like a massive disclaimer here. Because I don't want to pretend that I'm some kind of authority on the Middle East. I haven't studied anything. I, you know, I, I only know just things from my own experience. I do have a decent amount of experience to draw on. So I want to do that... Because that's the whole point of the show, of our podcast. But, you know, I certainly don't want to offend anyone out there. So please don't think that I'm, you know, speaking lightly. But I really do have just, you know, layperson opinions based mm-hmm. on my experience. No, I agree. I was I was very um, excited to talk to you about it. I was, I was excited curious. to watch it. I made my husband watch it. 
Yeah. And he was so excited. He's like, oh my God, there's this building and there's this mosque and there's yeah. this because they do like the pan shots of yeah. Beirut. And it's not a big city. No, and so. I, I'm excited to see it because I know you guys just got back from there and yeah. I've never been to the Middle East. And it is exotic AF. Like you mentioned the shiny and newness yeah, thing yeah, of yeah. it. It's so true. It hits you like a ton of bricks when you get there. Just like the way things smell and the way people are. They're so warm. They're so welcoming. Well, and it definitely, when they showed... Um, the parts of because he's from Aleppo. No, he's not. Oh, I he, thought he was from he's Aleppo. From, he's from some weird. Um, it's like Atalakia. It sounded Greek. Okay, I thought he was because they showed Aleppo. Yeah, they showed Aleppo because it's the most bombed out. I know, and I thought that's where he was from, no. which is why they were showing it. But you know, it totally puts things in perspective when we're talking about these people, like trying to get out of. Oh, of course. This place. I mean, of course they want to get out of there look at it it's look it's devastated i mean we send money to syria yeah it's devastated and of course they want to come to this country or they're escape in, they're or in whatever deadly deadly Danger. dire straits yes i can't imagine children not helping them i yeah. it just breaks my heart it totally breaks my heart anyways okay so now to change gears actually i have one more personal anecdote yes please so you know how I'm, and this kind of brings a few things together. So you know how I mentioned about getting a driver, like oh, hiring yeah. a driver. So we had a driver in Lebanon. He actually was not hired by us for the trip. Now that I recall, he was just the general personal driver of my husband's uncle, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law's brother, who lives full time in Beirut. Now, my uncle—I'll call him my uncle for short is Christian, which is interesting. So he lives in a Christian part of town. My father-in-law is the Muslim. My mother-in-law is Catholic. So my mother-in-law's family, obviously, and and it's totally separated geographically in Lebanon, in Beirut. So my uncle lives in um, Junie, which is a different neighborhood. It's on the water, and it is all Christian. Mm -hmm. And then my father-in-law's family, which has an, he has an apartment there, and that's where we stayed, is in Homna in Ras Beirut, which is where... Omar staying, of course, because Omar is Muslim. Right. So that's why he chose that hotel. It's interesting, right? He doesn't live there. He could have picked any hotel mm. in any part of Beirut. And of course, he picked one in a Muslim area. And and it was... so Okay, so this is all going to come together. So one thing I noticed was that when Omar was checking into the hotel, mm-hmm. he explained to the clerk that he was meeting his wife for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't surprised. No, I know. You may have noticed. That. She was like, oh, that's great. You know, you're getting to know each other. And that's because over there, it is very common to essentially have an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. They don't call it that, but that's what it is. It's common in Lebanon, and it's common in Syria. Lebanon and Syria are right next to each other. So that's the other reason he chose Beirut. In Lebanon, there are a lot of Syrian refugees obviously, because it's right there. And it's actually caused a lot of problems in Lebanon of late. So all the bombings and the violence that happened in Lebanon in the last, like, seven years, I mean, I want to, I don't, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them have had to do with the fact that there's a lot of Syrian refugees there. People are mad about it. This is my understanding. Again, please don't get mad at me. People. So, our driver in Lebanon, interestingly, even though he worked for a Christian man, was a Muslim man from Syria. Oh. So he was essentially a Syrian refugee. He was on like a little bit of a higher plane in the sense that he was able to find a job and he could go back and forth and it was not some like dire, you know, escaping via boat or whatever situation, which 
there's no body of water between them, but you know what I mean. He was sort of living legitimately or quasi-legitimately or whatever, I don't even know, in Beirut and working as a full-time driver for my uncle. So he came to the airport that first day that we got there to pick us up, and he became our regular driver. He didn't drive us all the time because my father-in-law actually owns a car there, which is very unusual. But we would use him all the time, and he would come pick us up, and it was super nice. And he was hella nice, and he was super nice to our kids, and we really, like, loved him. He was just a very sweet man, and we developed a relationship with him over the two weeks that we were there. And towards the end of our trip, we well, I should say at the very end of our trip, so when we were finally going back to the airport and it's in the middle of the night because most flights out of Beirut are actually Mm. at one in the morning. It's very weird. So unfortunately, and we have two small children, so that was fun. We were on a flight at like one or two in the morning. So he was taking us back to the airport and he seemed exceptionally peppy and he Mm. seemed to be driving extra fast, Mm -hmm. which I thought at the time was because he wanted to get us to the airport and we hit not one but two military roadblocks on the way. There are just a lot of like weird things like this where it's like checkpoints and they're really nothing, but they back up traffic, you know, right. which is already bad, even at two in the morning. So he's kind of speeding along and we don't really understand why. Well, we find out later that he, my uncle made him stay in Beirut for extra time, whether it was a few extra days or the whole two weeks, I don't know, when he was supposed to go back to Syria to meet and marry his wife. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so he was so excited to drive us to the airport. So he could get to Syria. He, get he had, been, oh he had been told he needed to stay, you know, until we left because we needed him to help us and be our driver. And we had the two little kids and right, right. it was an important job. And it's family, like it's, it's our uncle. So he felt very protective and he really wanted his guy that he trusted yeah. To be like, but on he was point like, "Get out, so I can go meet my wife." But he wanted to literally had oh never met her, never even really talked to her. That's crazy. And he was finally being like given a bride, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing it's because, and I don't know any of this, but my guess is that he had sort of saved up enough money, and he was sort of in a good enough position could that he over. could have a wife, you know. And he, presumably as a Muslim man, had never had a relationship with a woman, and he was like thirty. He was like twenty five or twenty eight or thirty, something like that. He's very handsome. We loved him. Namir had, like, such a man crush on him. (laughs) And uh, we were so excited when we found that out. We were so happy for him. But it kind of brings all these things together. Oh, yeah, totally. It's very common. Puts it on perspective that it's, like, not a weird thing for him. While it's very unusual for for us. Exactly. And it's weird for Avery. Well, it's weird for Avery because she's had sex. No, and it's also just... This is my point where she thinks she understands so much more than she actually does about this culture and about how it works. Right, because she knows very a very specific part, their religion. And she doesn't really know their... And she doesn't know the religion very well. I mean... Well, no, she's been in it for, what, six months? Six months. I mean, this guy, Omar, was born and raised and lived and breathed this religion. Even the way she talks to her family and to her mother... Like, that's not tolerated. No. I mean, it's going to be... They're going to butt heads very quickly. And he, if she's in Syria, he's going to have all the authority. Yeah, in fact, he... In in their cab ride, you could see his discomfort with her mother just speaking out. You know? Like, he's probably thinking, why is this woman talking? Nobody's talking to her. Yeah, probably. Um, Anyway, yeah. So I'm done. Well, that's funny. Oh, my God. What was his name? 
I don't want to say. Oh yeah, his no, name. don't say it's his just, name. I don't want to don't say involve him. No, in no, any no, of no, our no. But I'm so happy for him. That's exciting. Yeah, I hope he's happy. I hope I see a picture one day. I should ask my uncle yeah, for a picture. Yeah, a picture of him yeah. and his wife. Yeah, I'd love to see her because he was very handsome. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my sure. god! I mean, Namir was not the only one with a crush on him. Tell yeah. you that much. <laughs> and it was so cute too. Another thing, and I'll just mention this, it's not super relevant, but another thing that's really fascinating is, and it comes down to the warmth thing, they all, especially men, like, they have, they show a lot of affection towards each other. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of man-on-man affection. So, it was not uncommon. Like, I was a little shocked at first. Like, you'd be at a bar, and someone would come up, a friend would come up to his friend and offer to buy him a drink, which is normal, mm-hmm. right? And the friend would, like, wink at him and blow him a kiss and, like, pat him on the ass. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, thank you. It's only Americans that find that stuff weird. Exactly. It's totally only Americans. Because in other cult, we go to Portugal and everybody's kissing each other on the cheeks, whether they're men on men or women on, you know what I mean? Nobody cares. And nobody's thinking, oh my god, that's so, like, gay. It's so different. Well, but that's also, there's a dark underbelly to that, though. And that's because in the Middle East, you're not allowed to be gay. Oh, yeah, at right. all. So, like, there's no possibility that you're gay mm-hmm. as far as they're concerned. So there's no suspicion right, connected to true. any action. So it's not just, it's, it's really not tolerance. It's the opposite of tolerance. Yeah. But this guy, this driver, he had this very sweet way of calling everyone Habibe, which means, like, dear mm-hmm. or, like, darling. And he would always say it to my son. Oh. In just, like, the sweetest, sweetest way. He'd, like, crouch down and get on his level and give him hugs and give him kisses. And Mo is like a very, a very mm-hmm. affectionate child. So he fit in so well in the Middle East. Like he'd be walking down the street saying, he started speaking Arabic. Mm-hmm. So he would be talking to the butcher or the jeweler mm-hmm. or whatever as he's walking down the street. And he had a very special connection with the driver. That's so sweet. So I want to show Mo a picture of the driver and his wife. Because yeah. Mo would be very excited. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, okay, now I'm done. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Too many personal anecdotes. Um, all right, well, the next couple I have, and I didn't have very much on them, is Tim and Jennifer. Oh, Tim. Oh, God. So this guy is... I mean, he actually seems like a pretty decent guy when you think about, like, if you kind of take a step back like obviously and he admits this he was like the ugly duckling kid so insecure that has like the ferrari he's like the female darcy he is but he's also very sweet the fact that he was with his ex fiance i think right yeah his ex fiance veronica has oh veronica by the way is like a combination of scarlett johansson and kelly ben simone Take a minute. Okay, yeah, I can she see that. She has Scarlett Johansson's voice. Yes. And she looks like Kelly and she acts does. like Kelly Ben Simone. She does, she does, she does. It, it was bothering me for so long. I couldn't figure out who she reminded me of, and it was because she is this mix. She is. I see that. I She's totally gorgeous. see that. She's beautiful. And her, and Why I, did they break up? I love that. I really don't understand. I think that She's she... She's in love with him. She's in love with him, but I think she couldn't tolerate him, too. Yeah, maybe, maybe she could tolerate his insecurity. And maybe she's too much for him. Yeah, maybe she's too Although much this for woman, him. Jennifer, seems like a whole host of issues wrapped in She seems like a Larissa. Oh my god, I wrote like Larissa Levy, level crazy. Yeah, I think she's better well, at Well, because she's it. from the same town. No, she's from the same oh, town no, as Powell. Powell. You're right, she's from the same, that's right, I wrote Bucaramanga. that too. Right, Colombia. Uh, but Powell's got a fair amount of crazy in her too. 
And it came out over the years. Yeah, it's come yeah. out. But so he's he's got a ha- he's honest about the fact that he's overcompensating. We all get that. But he's also very sweet that he's kind of adopted his ex's child, oh, which you absolutely. don't see very often. I mean, there are very few. I do know a couple of guys who have been in relationships with women who have kids, and they continue to be their father figure right. when the real father is not in the picture. And I love that he does this, and I respect that he does this. And if Jennifer were a more mature, calm person, she would appreciate it too, considering she also has a daughter. This is the latest situation. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, this is a total latest situation. I didn't figure it out till right now. And latest a fucking nut. It's like it's a thing about fighting for what is perceived as limited resources. Like, yeah. okay, I don't care about you and your kid because I because I have a kid and I need those resources of his time, energy, and money to go to my kid. So it almost makes more sense if the other woman, the new woman, does have a child. Yeah, I guess so. And of course, she's going to take more issue with it because Chloe, the stepdaughter, is not his biological child. Yeah, so it's going to be so easy for her <coughs> to argue and like, you know, throw her by the wayside. And never was his stepdaughter because they never got married. No, he just committed to this girl a completely of his own volition. And it is a truly, truly beautiful thing. And I feel so sorry for this guy that he doesn't value himself at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem too is in the way, like, and maybe this wouldn't have made a difference, but I think that when you're first meeting somebody, it people are scared to bring up stuff because they're afraid it's going to, like, um, scare them off, right? Like, like in the Re- Rebecca, Rebecca and Zied situation, I feel like if... In the first initial conversations, you're like, hey, I just want to put it out there. So I've got this ex-husband, or I've got this husband that I, I haven't filed the paperwork yet, but we're getting divorced. I haven't seen him in months or whatever. It's not a thing. If you just put it out front, then it's not, then hiding it makes it feel bigger. And I feel like Tim hadn't told Jennifer about his relationship with Veronica. Like, she's my best friend. Like, we never would get married. We were... We tried, we'd never got married, it wasn't going to work out for us to be together in an intimate way, but she's my best friend, and I, her daughter is my daughter. I think that situation would be very tough for most women coming into the picture to take, it but he has be, to be honest But about if it. you say it up front, it's almost like it's, she could have decided at that point, it's not going to work for me. Yeah. Or, but now he's like so invested, she's invested, he's invested, and now there's like, because Veronica's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, we're part of the package, right? Because you are have adopted, basically adopted. And by poor her. Veronica. I mean, this must be making her feel so insecure in terms of the connection with him, which is probably more important to her as it pertains to her daughter. I mean, she doesn't. She basically, she's basically running the risk of her daughter losing the only father figure she's ever had. So if I were, I feel, I feel badly for Veronica, and I can kind of understand why she's behaving so poorly. Mm-hmm. Because she's a huge potster and she's not handling it pro- appropriately, but I think it's because she's terrified. I I think you're probably right. I mean, it's, ugh, yeah, I don't know. It's just bad. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm 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 very unclear on what's going to happen here. I mean, I think that what's going to happen is that the, she is going to come over here, and then it's going to be a latest situation where it's really going to like blow up, especially because Veronica has such a strong personality. Yeah, and and so does Jennifer. 
I think Veronica has a stronger personality than yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. Well, and Jennifer's very young and immature. She's 25, and she's got this little kid. It would be interesting to see, like, the American woman, like, white woman, kind of overpowering, in a way, the, like, fiery Latina. It's like a cage match, you know? Yeah. Of, of, like, oh, for sure. Of, like, cultural stereotypes. Battle of the, yeah. It's like an... It's like the female version of a pissing contest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't have much more on them. No, me neither. Okay. So then we go to our resident, like, before the 90-day person, Darcy. Okay, this is annoying, by the way. First of all, she's so pathetic and desperate, or at least that's how she's being painted. She's so thirsty. That she's now on her third season of... Before the 90 days, Mm -hmm. which is significant because she can't even get to this, like, you know, base level period that this whole franchise is is created around. She has not even gotten to the point, even close to the point of a K-1. She's never even been engaged. She and Jesse weren't even engaged. No, I know. She's so thirsty. She's in her third season. She's so thirsty and so desperate and so... And then she's living with her twin, who is also... Who is now engaged... To, he's um. Oh gosh. What is he? Is he Algerian? No, Macedonian. Yeah, maybe it's Macedonian. No, no, it's not Macedonian. It's some. It's some like Eastern Bloc country, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And he's hot as hell, and clearly just completely bullshitting her. Yeah, it's so dumb. I can't believe that they're this so the same in so many ways. You know, I read this book recently that made this very strong argument, like statistical argument. That nature is much more important than nurture, mm-hmm. and they do that with tw- like they study it with twins mm-hmm. or adopted kids, and then it ends up being like almost always that the nature, meaning like the genetic material, is much more impactful. So that if you have a twin that grows up in a different place than you, you're still going to end up kind of the same. Mm. And so I think that with Darcy and Stacy, it's as if they're the same person, right? They because really they have, have nature like, and nurture. the same genetic material, and they were presumably raised together and so and but they're like feeding off of each other of each other's insecurities and manias and and they will absolutely die like in a sort of gray garden situation (laughs) together in that house that that that, like mcmansion that they bought with their 90 day money and they're gonna and their fat flat tummy tea money or whatever the fuck and they go to the lip doctor together. I mean, everything about it's them. It's a rough cut. I feel very sorry for them, though. I have no hatred for them. And I know you hate Darcy. And I've never her. hated her. I feel so sorry for I, her. I just can't stand her. I just think she's so thirsty and so extra. But isn't that sad? Like, she thinks I mean, she it, has to do all this stuff for her. And I want to just draw... I want to jump ahead for one second to something you probably haven't seen yet. But in the most recent episode of this show, they show her meeting up with Tom, finally. And I'm just going to do a little spoiler for you, Lisa, because yeah, I haven't seen this, but it's just a really important thing as to what we're talking about. He tells her at this first meeting that he got her her own room, that mm-hmm. he got like, he booked like an Airbnb with two full bedroom suites. And she's so upset. And this is the first time they're meeting and it's so awkward because she's like so visibly upset that he like doesn't want to sleep with her or doesn't want her to be in his room when he's clearly just trying to be a gentleman and make her feel comfortable and not make assumptions that this woman who's come to his country to meet him is going to want to just jump into bed with him and she's so she has she thinks so little of herself 
that she actually mis- completely misinterprets an act of genuine care. Well, especially since we see, I did see the part where he's talking to his sister. Yes. And he's telling her, I want to take it slow. Out of respect. Out of respect. And she's kind of like, right, you know. But yeah. he's like, I know, I jump into bed with all these women, but I actually really like this girl. And I do want to kind of take it slow because I don't want to just make her think that it's all about sex. But that's all she feels like she's worthy of giving. I mean, the girl can't even wear pants. Oof. I mean... The 45-minute airport bathroom scene was epic. It was so extra and awful. Like, I felt like she came out and then she's still doing makeup in the car. I'm like, oh, for the love of God, woman, just stop. But how sad. I mean, I don't even wear makeup most days anymore. Oh, God, I, just I don't, don't either. fucking care. But and I can't imagine being with somebody where I would feel like, if I don't look like that every day, he's going to leave me. Well, he did tell her to, like, freshen up before they met. And now that I've seen more of him, at first, when, it, when that first happened, I thought it, he was a complete douche copter. But now that I understand more about him, I actually don't think so. I think he actually think was so being considerate. Because he, he knows how that she's the way she is. And mm. that she'd be so uncomfortable if she, like, saw him in a way that was not... Where she didn't feel like she looked her best. So and I think if you he saw was... any part of the other episodes or any of the other seasons with her and... Alright. So, I think that um, if he, if Tom saw any of the previous seasons with Jesse, and if he saw her getting off the airplane and seeing how she did all this stuff before she could get to baggage claim and then to meet up with him, like... That's probably why he thought, I'm going to give her some time to freshen up and, and get in a car and then come meet me somewhere. So she's not feeling rushed after the airport, after this long, or this flight and, you know, feeling all like disheveled or whatever. I agree. I, I mean, he, he it was, was consideration. He's British. I know. He comes <laughs> off very douchey, but I actually in think some he's ways he not. Does. I think he's just a dork and he's insecure too. I think so too. And that whole thing with um, Raina, her friend, you know, when they went to the bar with Raina and Stacy and Darcy. It was totally driven by Raina. It was. Like, Raina was is just trying to not a good wrong. friend. Um, and Tom is like, I mean, he is not like the straight edge dude that. I mean, he has a little bit of game. He's not like my husband who has, like, no game. Like, my yeah. husband would never, even if he was goaded, wouldn't be saying stuff like that. Like, show me your cleavage. Like, that's just not in my head. My husband oh, just doesn't think no. that far And out. honestly, it is disrespectful of Darcy. I mean, it's there's total, no getting around I mean, that. that was disrespectful, but it was also, I mean, like, I couldn't imagine doing that to any of my friend's significant exactly others he might have misinterpreted the situation to think oh this is a bunch of girls who are drunk having they're fun, drunk having fun oh play let's along. just yeah, yeah that's what i interpreted as but i also could see why i mean if i had been darcy i would have been really pissed at reyna oh 100 percent. because reyna just did not she's but i think reyna is kind of like this is a joke no i think reyna is just also very desperate I think Raina is too, but I think she's also like, I'm just going to show you, like, this is a joke. Like, he, I would fuck him, and he'd probably fuck me. Yeah. Like, he's not really that into you. I don't know. She's not a very good friend. No, she's a terrible friend. I think it's interesting that Tom is, like, the rare reality show person who, you know, comes off a certain way on screen, and it's not good, which is very common, but is managing to show us more layers of himself over time mm-hmm. to kind of mitigate 
an initial bad impression because normally like you get a bad impression and it's true or at least you never become disabused of it with these people but with him I think he might actually redeem himself over time we'll see I hope so because I feel like I mean I think that Darcy's gonna do exactly what she always does she's just put so much pressure which is so obvious in like when he's talking to his sister and her partner and he's like you know I really like this girl and I think he's genuine I think he really likes her he's being respectful and everything and they're like, well, what does she think? And he's like, well, she says she loves me. And they're like, ooh. You know, and they're right. Because how, and his sister even says, like, how can she love you? Like, what do you guys have to do? You the know, sister like, was funny. She was totally funny. When she's like, are you going to sleep with her right away? He's like, no, I'm going to take my time. She's like, yeah, and I'm thin. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she's like, I love her. I think, I think I'd be really good friends with her. <laughs> she's hilarious. She really, she really was very funny, and her partner seemed like very legit and yeah. normal. And no, I think you know. And I lived in England for a while, and I met, I met guys like Tom, and they come off really badly at first. And then when you get to know them a little bit, like I met this guy who reminded me exactly of Tom. They even looked similar. The guy I met was a, actually a baron, so mm. he was very, very, very wealthy. And he invited me. I had a boyfriend. I was living in London for a year, but I had a boyfriend back in the States that I was really serious about. I was like 21. And this guy, Tim, he, he, he would come to class. This was a college class. He would come to class in a full three-piece suit with like a, like a cap. Like he looked ridiculous. You know, these are like normal East London kids. We wore normal stuff. And he was so fancy and so wealthy. And in England, it's a little bit more normal to really flaunt your elite status because it's mm-hmm. something that's so entrenched that's mm-hmm. acceptable versus here you really don't people really don't like it when other people like brag or you mm-hmm. know really accentuate their wealth Tim did this and so nobody liked him and he was kind of a dork mm-hmm. and he was a know-it-all and he had this like perfect mm-hmm. accent because he had gone to boarding school and he was at this school because he was a fuck up. He was the family fuck up. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he had just gotten in a motorcycle accident oh and he was like laid up for like a year and something like that. And he, but I, but I liked him. I thought he, I thought, and you know, for me it was, it was interesting. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have people like that here. So to right. meet like someone who's a baron and he has this crazy family story. And so I became friends with him and like almost the very first time we ever really talked, he invited me kind of half joking because he didn't think I would say yes to go to the East India Club with him for dinner Mm. this is the East India Club and Mm. I was like what and I didn't think he was like that legit but I thought it's a it's a tube ride whatever Mm -hmm. so I said yes and he looked completely shocked because like I said I had a boyfriend I was like you know I'll go with you as a friend Mm -hmm. he's like okay great and I go to the East India Club and it is the fanciest thing I have I have ever seen in my entire life, then wow. or now. It there are no women allowed, so you, women can only like be on like the dining floor. Mm-hmm. You can't go to like the other floors of this like beautiful townhouse. It was Jeez. in the, like the fanciest freaking part of London, by the where the Queen is, and you know you everything was like pre fee and just like ridiculous service like tons of courses and just insanity and um it really blew me away and Tim and I became friends and he was just like this guy where underneath all of it and the veneer of mm-hmm. confidence that really just comes from wealth and breeding he was he was insecure mm-hmm. I mean he just wanted to be he wanted a girlfriend you know he mm-hmm. wanted to have a partnership and not be lonely and mm-hmm. you know 
he wanted to make friends with people and connect with people, but he had this, like, he was different from them yeah. in a way. And I get that vibe from this guy, even though he doesn't seem, like, wealthy like that. Um, he seems, he just reminds me of, of this guy I knew. Yeah, I just feel like she's, God, she just put so much, she put so much pressure on the relationship. But it's, it's so, um. It's premature. Well, it's extremely premature, but it's also, like, sort of weirdly in conflict with how she sort of presents herself, right? Because she's so, she comes off as, like, I just want you to like me for sex. But her words are, we're going to get married. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's like this woman who's desperate for a life partner and to get married and for the whole fairy tale. But she comes off as like, I'm selling sex. No, so I want to clarify. I think she made really clear what the the meeting point is between those two things that you just mentioned. When, when they had that like weird interaction about s- sort of sharing a room, it's that to her, if he doesn't want to share a room with her, he doesn't want to be serious with her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's thinking, oh, because she kept saying, I thought we were already there. She doesn't mean, mm-hmm. like, already there, like, we're so sexually attracted to each other, we know we want to have sex with each other. She's thinking, oh, we're in a situation where we could sort of be living together. Right. we could be playing house. She's, But she's also one of those people that confuses love with sex. Exactly. Like, she's not capable of having a one-night stand. She doesn't understand that, of course, he wants to have sex with her. Every, he's a guy. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't understand that. And he says to her, look, if you if you wanted to invite me to your room, of course I would say yes. But I, he's trying to give her the opportunity to make that decision. And she doesn't like the idea that she needs to be in control. No, she wants him to be in control. And she's it's, it's a really, like, women need to understand that men are never going to turn down sex. Well, well, they, not that they're not going to turn it down, but they're always going to want it. Yeah, they're always going to. They're want always going to want it, and when they say they are, like, "Oh, I got you a different room," or "I did that," they're being respectful. Yeah, they're not being like, "I don't want to have sex with you." They're just being like, "I'm going to let you you navigate this part because I don't want to come off as like an aggressive or a s- presumptuous douchebag." Yeah, they're like repressing their animal urges. <laughs> yeah, basically. So anyway, she's. Suppressing, not repressing. But she's going to be... This is going to blow up in her face, essentially. Yep. Because she's not capable of having a normal relationship with anybody, which is why she goes for these guys who are kind of unattainable, younger, in a different country. I mean, she and her sister both. They're not capable of, like, slowly meeting somebody. And she falls into that... Rebecca trap where she's putting on a facade and Instagram pretty and you know it's about not being confident that if he really saw you over time slowly that he wouldn't lose interest right because she's not confident in everything else that she has to offer she's only confident in her looks yeah that's all I have for them yeah and now I have another train wreck Angela and Michael are back Okay, I be- we I only want to like barely touch on. Okay, because they're dumb. It's just a stupid storyline, and I don't like it. It's trashy. There's no substance to it at all, and it's so clear at this point that their relationship is defunct. You know, like she doesn't trust him at all. He lies to her all the time without any consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be together. So 
Yeah. What's the point? You're right. It's stupid. Um, and I'm annoyed. They should have been a one season couple. Like for one season, they were they were great. But now we need to be done with them. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I don't really have much to say about them except I do think she's thirsty and I think it's ridiculous that she wants her daughter to have their baby. Like, what the fuck oh. do you guys need to have a baby for? Speaking of her daughters, and Skyla. I, do you remember the the news pieces that came out around the time of last season that her was it other Skyla? daughter? No, 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 it was the other one that they showed in the first exactly. season? Exactly. So they have switched like which daughter had they have as the voice of reason for her on the show because the first one ended up being arrested for, for child molestation or oh something. Oh my god. She was like having sex with a 16 year old. And they never even like touched on it. I just to me that's TLC being just sort of sickening in there you know. Like that that to me honestly should have been enough to take Angela off the show completely. Well, there's a, I mean, but these guys are selling, I mean, it's the same thing I have. I have an issue with Bravo and they're having like Brian on the show, Tamara's son. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Um, like that's the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? It like riles people up and they think that that's going to be good for viewership, but it really, it's, it's, um, very crude. Yeah. I agree. I don't like that either. But I think this is just stupid that she's asking Skyla for her egg and to be the surrogate. Like. For her and this guy that... There's nothing there. Yeah, I think it's fake, honestly. I it's think the whole be thing fake. is fake it's at this so point. It's just so stupid. I don't know. Anyway, okay, let's not talk about them very much because I don't like them. Um, and I don't think anything really happened. No. No. And nothing's going to happen. No. Um, okay, then the last person I have, and I didn't get very much on them, is Benjamin, who's 33 from Phoenix, and Akini. I feel so who's from bad Nairobi. for this guy. He's like this, he has a daughter who's five, Grace, or no, a son, I'm sorry, Grayson, who's five. He's divorced. Bad divorce. Bad divorce. What the hell happened I don't know what that? happened. Um, he, so his son is his life, right? But he's now studying to be a minister. Um, he's very kind. He seems like a really nice guy. He has no money because he lost it all in the divorce, I guess. And I have to say, he said that they had, quote, trust issues. I have to say, I have a feeling that his wife just cheated on him. Straight up cheated on him. And then left him, probably for the other man. Oh, I'm like, sure. That, that's my yeah. theory. And then took all of his money. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, well, I'm okay. And he's so sweet that he sort of didn't stand up for himself. I mean, that's... Obviously, I don't know, but, but that's I get that my that's impression. Too. There's no way she didn't trust him. Oh I God, mean, that no. guy's not doing anything. No, and so he's met Akini. They're actually not that far in age. They're six years apart. Akini is gorgeous. She's beautiful. She lives in Kenya, in Nairobi. Um, Nairobi's in Kenya. I think that's where you. Yeah, I think it is because I think that there's like. States within Kenya? Sorry, guys. I don't know much. I think so. I know my... So my sister went to Kenya, and she flew into Nairobi. Oh, And then she went somewhere else, because she did... She was with this group from college that they went to build a sewing center there for the women to work. Nice. And so she was in Kenya for, like, a month. This is me showing my my ignorance. they, They flew into Nairobi. I'd like to go there. Um... Yeah, she's beautiful. I think they probably have a real connection. I imagine that they connect on religion. Probably, I'm sure that they probably. Which is do. good. I mean, I think yeah. that a real like connection through like a, like a shared faith is probably a pretty good 
um, basis for a relationship. And I think they're going to have, they have like a, a connection there. I think their issues are going to be external. Like her, yeah. this is the first white guy she's ever dated. I mean, her family's not going to be thrilled. And he's not a strong man. He's not a strong man and he's not a and wealthy no man. Yeah, and he has, has to pay like to a dowry fine. or like the bride price or whatever. Yeah. And he's nervous about that because he doesn't know what that's going to look like. Um, and he doesn't have any money. So that's going to be their barrier. But I think that they they seem to get along. She's certainly not like trying to make him think she's a supermodel. I mean, no. they were like FaceTiming and she looked very <laughs> natural and he's very nat. I think that, I don't know. I, I do feel bad for him because I think it's going to be a rough go if he goes there. Um, yeah, I think if they can get through the obstacles, they probably could be together and be happy. Yeah. But but again, we don't know much about them or about their connection. No, because they haven't other. really shown them very much. They came in late. They came in the third episode. But I think he's just a really nice guy that got just taken for a ride by his first wife. And he mm-hmm. really just needs to meet someone who is a kind person. Right. Who likes him. And then that'll be that. Right. And that could totally happen. And that could totally be her. It could be. I think that probably why he went international too is because I think he's becoming a, a minister in Phoenix, Arizona in his community. There probably aren't a lot of, there's probably not a lot of diversity. Right. And he seems attracted to black women. Black women. Yeah, his first wife was black. And so it seems like he likes more diversity in his relationships and yeah. he's not going to find it in the, his church community. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that it's important to him to share faith. With oh, for his. sure. But I imagine that like any old Christian would probably do. Probably, but he's also got like a biracial son, so yeah. it's kind of nice. It would be nice for him too. He's probably thinking it would be great for his son to have a a black stepmother. Yeah, that's true. That might be better. Um, and that's all I have. Yeah, I I I I worry about that guy. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll see. And it's not like with Caesar where I feel like Caesar shoulders some of the blame, like I said, mm-hmm. but this guy, he's just, uh, he's just fallen off the turnip truck. And... and I think, I think she's beautiful, but when she's unmasked, she's like very normal. She's not out of his league, really. No. She just he's... dresses much better and presents herself And much she better. takes beautiful pictures. If and he got like a makeover, you know, he'd be fine. he would look decent. But with Caesar, with Maria, I mean, no. she looks like she's always made up. And they're just not in the same league. They're not in the same league and they're not, yeah, no. That's just, he's just being he's super shallow. He's old and, and not in shape and, you know, and she's young and in shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the old, the old chestnut, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's a great season so far. I'm loving it. You know, I hope maybe one day we can touch on um, 90 Day the other way because it is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll look up, I'll look into Love After Lockup. Yeah, I definitely want to cover Love After Lockup. And I can probably, we can, we probably have, uh, are you around next week? Yes. I'm around until Friday. And I yeah, probably won't working? have kids. I'll be working, but I don't have kids starting on Tuesday. Why? My sister's taking my my older daughter to Tahoe, and my mom is taking June to Sacramento. Score. And then Chris and I are going to Carmel Valley Ranch oh, on Friday. Right. You know, my parents just went there. Oh, cool. Yeah, go to Carmel Valley Ranch, guys, if you can. Yeah. It's like heaven. Yeah, so... I wish I could go back. I'm excited for my mom and my sister to take our girls so that we can kind of have a little mini staycation. 
So hopefully next week then, you guys. Um, well, I mean, there won't... And, and, you know, maybe we'll be able to discuss a little bit the other way because there won't be that much mm-hmm. of Before the 90 Days. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to even just watch, like, the most recent episode of The Other Way or something, yeah. that would probably be enough to be able to discuss the couples. And, okay. I, and I've seen all of it, so... Okay, cool. All right, All right guys. guys. See until, you next week. Until next time. Hopefully, as long as my kidneys don't fail, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that Anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.